Welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. Now, sit back and enjoy while Nick and Trevor help you use your technology to make money and delight your clients. Well, good morning and welcome back to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat. My name's Nick Bojard and with me I've got Trevor Shoemakers. Good morning, Trevor. Uh, good morning, Nick. How are you? I'm very well indeed. How's sunny Melbourne today? Looking out the window, I haven't even next said, look, a bit overcast. Okay. We're cold and overcast. That's normal this time of the year, but that's how it is. Yeah, we're sunny today. We've just come out of like four days of, of absolutely pelting rain. So. I know. You like, look ringing wet. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a bit of fun so so today we're, we're stepping it up a bit and our, our goal today is to talk about all of technology you need in an accounting practice so, mm, so, so let's do some history when i first met you i remember mm-hmm. chris ridd took me down to show me your practice down mount waverley-ish that's exactly it. Yeah, and yeah. um and you had, I think, if I remember rightly, three servers, big multifunction devices. Everybody connected over a little blue cable. Some old yep. dodgy PCs. Talk to me about what your practice looked like back then. Yeah, well, you described it perfectly, Nick. You know, <laughs> the three servers was one that caught me out. Um, that you looked at me very strangely, and I said, "Well, why do you need three servers?" I said, "I don't know." Um, Myob told me that they won't let me put a server for Exchange server for my emails anywhere near Myob. So Myob had to be by itself. Then I had an Exchange server, and then I had another server, which was my terminal server access point. Apparently, that was all full of security and for security reasons to protect me and all of that sort of thing. And we had a massive, we had a big, expensive shelf. I think we had a complete room. Um, you all did. By you, you, you had a full yeah. 19-inch rack from floor to ceiling, if I remember right. Yeah, and uh, and a room that was all in there with special air conditioning, all to do all these uh, fancy things. And uh, then you came to me. And you, well, first you looked at me strange, which was a bit worrying. <laughs> you, you just It was just this thing of looking like, holy crap, how much do you have in here? And when we broke it down, and actually when we think about what we use today – and where things are at, and that this whole thing of technology. Like, let's just start with Exchange servers. You know, Office 365, we don't, I, you know, you shouldn't have an Exchange server. And sadly today, I still see accounting firms getting advised to have Exchange servers. Which yeah, well, that, that's not going to last throws me. much longer because Microsoft are going to stop releasing Exchange. So you won't be able to buy new versions of it. So you're going to have to move to the cloud somehow. Well, could you tell me why an, any an IT guy would advise someone to have an exchange server what would be their reasoning so it's, re- it's really hard to to think about why they do that so um you know the, the reasoning i don't think is on what's in the best interest of the customer so i think mm. you know as, as an it person you, you may be stuck in the past it may be the way you think things are done and don't really know what the new way looks like it may be and i'm being a bit cynical here that you make more money out of selling servers in exchange than you would do out of selling the cloud and you're you're concerned about that but i'd, I'd certainly say if you i, I kind of use an analogy um in fact this was first told to me by the head of it for singapore government a lady called pauline tan i worked with back in 2005 and she said technology should be like a utility it should be like a traditional telephone or it should be like um, uh, electricity and you just turn it on and it's always there and you don't have to think about, um, you know, what do I run to make it happen, etc. But when energy first started, we'll use electricity, everybody had their own generators. 
And after that, little groups got together and built bigger generators that served a small area. And now we don't see power stations at all. Like you might drive past one, but we, unless you're in that industry, you just take it for granted. And that's what computers computing is coming to. So we take, most of us at least, take the delivery of email as, as something you, you, know, you just get. You get it from the internet. You either get a free one, you use um, Hotmail or you use Outlook.com or you use Gmail or you get a paid for one. You get G Suite or you get Office 365. And, and when you think, could they be trying to think, okay, accountants need a lot more security than anybody else and all of those sort of things. So they're not confident with the security of Office 365 or Gmail or any of those sort of things. So therefore they, and control of it. So that's why they're recommending Exchange Server. Yeah, I'd be really, really concerned that, you know, a, a regional uh, suburban IT company could deliver the same level of security that someone like Microsoft can around Office 365. And yeah. if you if you look at the certifications that platform's got, and same with G Suite, right? They're, they're kind of on par. Um, if you look at the certifications that platform's got, the 24 by 7 security monitoring, these teams looking at it, the data centers secured by, you know, people with guns and fences and all you know, retinal scans and all sorts of tech. Um, those no, no, we, we definitely didn't have that at Mount I think we were lucky to have a front door locked. Well, well, you, you, you've seen when we've gone in and done engagements where we've needed to get into somebody's computing environment. It's Once I've got physical access to the device, it doesn't take me very long, no matter what it is, to have full and unfettered access to everything I want. Yeah, yeah. I remember you saying, and that was the thing with um, a lot of a lot of security breaches come because they've got people got access to it. So even when you had shopping centres starting to do self check ins and all that, we saw a spike in people accessing um, Coles and Woolworths systems because they had physical access to it, whereas they had, didn't have any physical access before. Yeah. So these sort of things are where it it comes in. So the less physical access, the better. Um, so so you know. Email and exchange, that's one of my servers gone, and I think we did that within a couple of seconds. We said, he said, well, that one's finished, and um, so that one sat out on the side. Talk to me about why uh, uh, someone like MYOB would say, you can't have anything else on your server, you can only have MYOB to run your, um, your, your software. All right, so, so if, I, if I'm MYOB, so if you look at, you know, I think you were running AO, were you back then? AE, AE, we had the big, the big beast. Yeah, so, so AE is a fairly big, complex piece of software with lots running on the server, with a database server and, and all sorts of things. And it uses a fair amount of grunt, especially if you've got, you know, 20, 30 users using it simultaneously. Um, that architecture where you've got a single server running those things does does two things. And one, it means you're using all the resources of those servers and they're not cheap. But secondly, it introduces what we call a single point of failure. Um, if that server fails, you're super offline for a period. So, Oh, and we used to have that a lot, you know. I can, yeah. So cloud systems are developed really differently. You know, we have multiple points of failure. So if something fails, you, you never know. And computers do fail. Like, they fail all the time. So yeah, yeah. it's one of those things. But the reason they don't want anything else on it is because 
doing a bunch of crunching for a bunch of users as you start adding users requires more and more and more you know um, cpu power and ram and processing and you start doing exchange on top of that and suddenly the performance gets woeful so that's why they ask you to do it so that when you and it's also so you don't end up pointing fingers you go myb is running slow do i point the finger at myb or do i point it at exchange or do i point it at my it guy Mm, yeah, yeah. That was where I thought a lot of the things happened. We had a we had a terrible thing. Oh, I can't remember what year it was where our system went down, ground to a halt, and that's where we saw a big ramp up of the servers and the tech that we needed to have with that. And then the last server was our terminal server. So in, our, in, our, in order to access our systems remotely, um, we had to have a separate terminal server. So why was that? That was that a security thing? Oh no, it's it's more a, I don't know how to manage endpoint computers thing. Um so terminal services was uh, it it was kind of released so that you could put all your computing power on on server environments and your your lap, desktops and laptops did very little so you could you thought you could control them a little bit better but those those systems are you know they're hard to manage, they're hard to secure, they're really good entry points if you're a hacker. Um, and so lots of lots of breaches have been done by getting into terminal services. I think you had a breach into your <laughs> terminal Instant, services environment. Instantly. You found it, I think, first day. It was like, oh, Trevor, you've got a, uh, what you have, a sleeper yep. in your terminal service environment. Because we got a, remember we, you put us onto uh, Amazon servers. Mm-hmm. And we were storing, we were moving our um, MYB into that environment or something like that. I can't remember exactly. But one of our applications were moving there and instantly that all lit up and you went, oh, you must have been sitting there. There's something interesting in there. You know, tax records and that at the time weren't interesting to these guys. Yeah, no, and there's lots of that that goes on. So you've got to be, you've got to be super careful with that. So, yeah, my advice if I was going to, if you were going to take it is don't run servers, right? They're, they're complicated beasties that if you're going to do it properly require teams of people 24 by 7 monitoring and running don't don't do that right? mm. get- so my it cost was huge so one of the problems you're going to get is is yeah uh, local it people can't charge you the right amount of money as a suburban accounting firm to run your technology properly you know if you consider all the infrastructure you need to run your own separate IT environment, which is you know, directory service with authentication and all those sorts of nice bits. You've got um, DNS entries, you've got Exchange, you've got you know, your file storage, you've got all the security around that, you've got your line of business applications, you're trying to run the whole lot and you're trying to keep hackers away and you're trying to physically secure it, and you're trying to make sure the hardware doesn't fail, and, 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 and you're trying to back it up. That's all really expensive to do it properly. <laughs> and, and you can't afford to do that at the kind of scale we're talking about. So No, no, and backing up is an interesting one, because we did have to restore one time from tape, and they went, <laughs> they don't make any. Yes, it was great. We were doing the backup. We were taking the backup. We were taking it home. Oh, the the process we went through, but nobody bothered to go and test did it actually work. Yeah, so a backup that you haven't tested is about as as useful as a chocolate fire guard, really. It, it does doesn't help you at all. So it's it, and we you know IT people recommend you restore your backups every day to make sure it works. 
but you can't afford a whole other environment to restore your backups onto. The other thing is testing, right? If you're going to make a change to that environment, you can't build another environment to test your change. You have to do everything in production. So you're, you know, I assume you had environments where they turned around and said, we're going to be off for a week while we make a change, right? Uh, yeah, when we had an update, they, we, we used to put everybody on annual leave for the first week of July. <laughs> it's amazing it all worked at all. So to, yeah. the, the cloud... Oh, well, you know, we saw that. The cloud's not just about cost, right? It's 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 more secure. It's better managed. It's got hard, better uptime. Um, it does all sorts of, of wonderful things. And, and really, if I was thinking about an accounting firm, all you need is, yeah, printers. If you're going to actually print physical documents, which I'll, I'll roll. Uh, Trevor looks. We were looking at each other on Teams, and Trevor, Trevor watched me roll my eyes when I said printers. Um, but you need a decent scanner, and everybody needs a different, de- a decent device. So let's talk about the device. Let's talk about what can, we need. Can to I do ask one more stuff. thing? Yeah, we're still on. on search. One more thing. You do you brought up printers then. Yep. Right. So very, very recently, um. Someone said to me, they're looking to move to a new office environment. And they said, oh, we're going to put a server in. I said, why? What do we need a server for? And they said, well, we need something for the print servers. And I came and saw you about that. And I said, do we need to have a server to run printers in a big office environment? And I thought they came with their, all their own they do. They do. So, print so, servers and IP addresses and yep, all that built in. And- yep. Yep. So most grown-up office environments now, you, you don't use a print server at all. You you walk in, you find your nearest printer, it finds it because of the floor you're in and the network you're connected to, and off you go, you can print to it. Um, you know, you imagine, you, you've seen the growth of things like Watso and WeWork and all those places. Yeah. Imagine having Imagine yeah. if yeah. they had to put a print server and a login for every user to log into. It would just be a bloody nightmare. So, so no, you don't, you haven't needed that for years. So having a server is not going to give me a better environment. No, no, it's going to it's going to put you at more risk. At more risk, and it's more costly. So we're already past and move on. Right, we're, now we're moving on, moving to printers and and scanners and those sort of things. So well, we covered that off. We don't. You could get any device, and they're all available. Like I, my little HP server in the corner, or brother, or whatever you could just it is. Say server. Uh, not server, my print, sorry. <laughs> my, my little printer in the corner. Yeah. It's got the buttons. It says I'm available on the Wi-Fi. As soon as you plug it into the internet, to the to the Wi-Fi, it picks it all up, and, and it's easy to grab and easy to work with. It does. Now, and obviously, if you're doing a high volume of printing, um, you need something that will do a lot of printing. But I, I would have thought everybody now should be thinking about how little paper can I get away with? Yeah. Oh, that's and that was like we talked about that last week. But the less paper office, at least getting to less paper. But uh, you know, I would, I would print something every month, one thing a month, maybe. Yeah, I, 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 I think I, I, I don't have a printer anymore. Um, there yeah. is one in the house, but um, you know, I work from home. But I don't have one that's attached to my office. I have a scanner. And, and everything I do is online documents. Um, um, yeah. My favorite thing for reading documents now is my Kindle. So I do a lot of sending documents to my Kindle because I like the e-paper look. But, um, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't touch physical documents anymore at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just had a really big contract I had to read a lot while ago, and I just felt like I needed to print it out and, yeah, look at it and read over it. I didn't really look at it that, you know. See, that's why, I like, no that's, that's why I like a tablet with the touch screen because I, yeah. I, I, I can sit in my chair or I can lie in bed um, reading it and I can just, you know, scroll through it. 
uh, and mm. read it. And if it's a decent one, I can annotate it and write my notes on it if I want to. And it, it's everything's sitting there. I don't have to go from thing to thing to thing to thing. All right, let's get into to the good juicy stuff. Right before we do that, let's talk about screens. Right, yes. a lot of people go; they need to have a uh, PC because they want to have multiple screens on it. Now, I know you don't need to because it's all about the docking station that allows you to have the multiple screens. So the docking station, talk to me about the docking station and the screens to get your piece de resistance. Everybody wants three screens. Um, so so most, most people are now moving away from that. So, so that's even, Ooh, that's legacy go. too. Well, isn't something so, new. So, so what I'm seeing people get now is the big curved screens which basically oh. is the real estate of two screens um, that's what i've got that are USB-C. so you don't even need a docking station you just plug it into the USB-C port on your laptop and you're done um and for most modern devices they'll also charge the device through USB-C. so so USB-C or thunderbolt is the thing you want and that will plug into those new modern screens and then you have one cable that you plug in and then you unplug it and you walk away that's that's kind of the the new world and the docking stations were a good step forward they were getting us there um but now everything's the big curve screens in USB-C. yeah i've got the big curve screen but i haven't got must admit I'm still a little bit attached to the docking station for my USB devices and stuff like that, but something for me to look at for my next uh, expedition yeah, to no. stay ahead of time, ahead <laughs> of the curve. Ab- the absolutely. <laughs> but the, the real estate of having the equivalent real estate of three large screens make, makes you hyper-productive, right? So, yeah. so I, you know, I, I use it. I, I've got things always on lots of different screens, which, which really helps me get stuff done yeah, I think quicker than than I would have done otherwise. I think it's a huge productivity boost. It must be With, amazing as an accountant. Yeah, yeah, we we are. We've got constantly, and this is that also reverts back to the need less need that you don't need to print things out. So that that also helps with that space because you can have something on multiple screens. Now I do have a big curve screen, and I'll split that often. I'll split my documents. So little tip: those that don't know, Windows left, Windows right is really useful when you're trying to put your screens either side, and so you can um, have multiple screens on the one screen. So you can so rather than expanding the screen completely you can split that out and have those screens split on each of of each of them that's why it's called windows Mm. (laughs) but yes i've got that i have been thinking about getting another big curved screen but and go bigger again because i do love it it's um it's really useful for me okay so we've talked about the screen talked about the docking station well, we're going to get to the PC in a minute, but I want to talk to you about the network, mm-hmm. the cabled office versus Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Where do we sit today? Because I have found recently with COVID, my internet struggled a little bit. It has stabilized a bit now um, in the recent weeks. I think um, Vodafone, we're going through some changes and stuff like that. My network has stabled a bit, but I still get a better I feel like I get a better network connection if I plug it into my docking station. Yeah, so so Wi-Fi is a wireless networking protocol, and that means there's all sorts of things which interfere with it, like your microwave will interfere with your Wi-Fi. Um, you know, occasionally a doorbell will interfere with Wi-Fi. You know, they're public frequencies. There's occasionally things on them. Um, so I'd recommend that you, you know, if you're doing your home, you invest in what we call mesh networking technology, which means you just put little little 
boxes around the house and they all talk to each other and your Wi-Fi extends and it's it's really effective. So someone like a TP-Link does a really good mesh. You can get them from Officeworks. So they're three little circular things. We've got one of those at home. I like it a lot because it comes with an app that allows me to turn the kids off when I don't want them doing things. So that that's made a huge improvement except one of my daughters whose bedroom is the furthest from wi-fi anywhere in the house complains that it's always rubbish um, and that's because <laughs> of that um i've just actually got um nbn to upgrade my connection to fiber to the home um so that i can get a fairly uh, a big connection There's six people in this house doing lots and lots of data transfer so i need a gig so we'll be doing that um but yeah fiber um um you think wired is better but really, you can get the same performance out of Wi-Fi. And the thing about Wi-Fi is when you move or you want to remodel or you want to change things around, you don't have to worry about moving cables and ports and all of that horrible stuff. It's cheaper. Mm. Yeah, it's cheaper. But I still, okay, so that was one thing that I didn't know about was this uh, mesh networking. And you know, and we talk every day nearly and we still don't cover those things off. So, yeah, there's a bit of a thing there where people say plug it in is better, but but running a proper Wi-Fi network, planning a better Wi-Fi network will give you the exact same functionality that you've got with a with a wired cable. And as you said, it's cheaper. You don't need to have a, what do you call those things that you've got to have all your plugs cabled and into? You need a switch, and, and, switch. All of, and, and all of those bits. One of the things I'd recommend as well is if you're doing an office, make sure you get somebody professional to come in and do your Wi-Fi. Um, don't don't try and do that yourself. You're going to get a fairly poor result. Um, so there there are things to think about when you're doing a wireless network, and people train for a, a fair fair degree of time to be able to do that properly. So home's a bit different, but when you're in an office, get somebody who knows what they're doing to do it. Now, how do I find someone like that? I would think that I'd go to my local IT guy, but I would see. <laughs> yeah, you can. Um, um, but um, IT is a vast topic, and some things we're good at, and some things we we aren't good at. So I'd look for somebody who can talk about their certification. Um, so so just just ask how they're certified. So there's there's quite a lot done. Uh, you you might look for somebody who's got something like a CCNA, which is a Cisco Certified Network engineer um you might look for somebody who's got the um comptia qualifications but you want somebody who's qualified to come and do it and has got some mm. certifications and can show some certificates just as you wouldn't go to you know bob down the street to do your accounting because because he can use excel yeah <laughs> oh here we go <laughs> down to the other part all right so we've done that we've got our screen set up we've got um i'll come off now, let's talk about the device because this is a really interesting um, thing. So me, I've got an IT trainee and we're doing a lot of stuff with Power BI at the moment and he got deployed a PC or a, note, a notebook that was designed for an accountant and it's just not coping with mm-hmm. the amount of work processing that he has to do. So if we look at an accountant and my sort of thinking would be uh, a device, and we'll talk about the different devices, but a device that is 8 gig of RAM, 256, whatever that is, gig, megabyte, what, what, go through it with me. <laughs> so, Help so me out. We'll start, we'll start at the top. Um, your first choice is the processor. Uh, and the processor is going to determine determine how fast it does things. Um, and you've got a choice from the, um, um, I, if we live in the Intel range, the i3, the i5, the i7, and the i9. The higher the Ooh. number, the quicker it goes. Yep. 
And the more expensive it is. And the more expensive it is, <laughs> absolutely. And the more power it consumes and the hotter it gets. But we'll, we'll move past all of those things. Um, you then want to look one of the the um, you then then want to look at RAM, which is um, random access memory, which is um, the amount of memory is is data storage, but it's really really fast. So the more you have of that, the quicker your operating system is going to run and perform. If you're just doing accounting stuff, so you're using zero, a little bit of Excel, maybe a little bit of Adobe, eight gigs is fine. If you start to do Power BI, you need sixteen. If you start to do big Power BI, you need 32. Um, then we'll talk about disk, which is slower storage, but you get more bang for your buck. Um, don't get a traditional hard disk. They're really slow compared to solid state disks. Now, um, there's two types of solid state disks as well. EMMC is really slow. Um, you want SSD um, and you want at least 512 gigs. All right, you did some acronyms there. SSD, solid state disk. drive. Solid state disk. disk. EMMC. I'm going to need to look it up. I can't remember. <laughs> That's all right. I just I know it's rubbish. I just know it's rubbish. We need to go. Okay, we need to go. Solid state drive. Um, so, so we've got our, uh, our our PCs now. PC versus no- notebook. Um. Uh, yeah. Um architecturally there's very little difference um in how they work as devices um a device that you can take with you to go and see your clients seems to me to be a better idea than one that's stuck in the office um they're still pcs they're just um, a different form factor yeah it's laid out differently but yep. you could also you know if you think about okay the receptionist or someone doesn't need to take their pc uh, home yeah or- but but the other thing is one of the things laptop and mobile devices have is they have a battery and that means if you have a power failure everybody continues to work if you give everybody desktop pcs and you have a power failure everybody goes home yep and if you think about in today's crisis you wanted your receptionist to work from home to answer the phones and still get on the network and talk together then you can and then you can do it. You just say, take your device home, take your headset home, um, and we'll talk about those in a second. And you're yeah, still... Yeah, I know. We just about... That was a great segue, I tell oh, you. We look moved at, well look, at, look at that. So, so one, <laughs> of, one, of the tri- one of the tricks there is to you know, make sure every... You know, especially in, with what's going on right now. Uh, you know, we've spoken for years about how a business recovers from a disaster. Well, we're in the middle of a pretty big, bloody disaster at the moment. Yeah. And so having your staff giving your staff the ability you know the the companies that are really succeeding are the ones where everybody was just able to go home and just work as if nothing had changed Um, actually get more out of them sometimes if you think about it that way the businesses that are really struggling are ones where you actually have to physically be somewhere like like the law firm that insisted everybody should be in the office even though you don't need to be in an office to do law yeah and they're in a bit of strife aren't they um Mm-hmm. So um, I don't want to jump off. I want to talk, keep talking about PCs at the moment, yep. and then we'll get on to telephone systems because that is another topic. I don't know. I don't I know. If we've got phones, a, but we'll, we'll we'll get to phones. I don't know how we'll get. We, I'm a bit worried about how much time we we spent. This has been an amazing topic, and we might have to carry on with a few things. And if anybody's got some other things and questions on this, I think they should start flicking them in to to Nick and I so that we can maybe cover them off because this is a really hot topic. Yeah, so do, let, do, do put questions in the comments, right? We do see those. So if you, you comment on the um, podcast, we'll, we'll see those. We'll be able to respond. Yep, let's go through and have a look at those. Now, if we think about PC, so we've talked about 
Right, notebook. Now let's get into them. Mac, Surface, and an and well, I don't know what the call would be, but a, 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 another brand notebook. Yep. Let's go through them. Let's start with Max. Yep. Max in an accounting firm. They um, all want them. They're all cool. They all. It's funky. It's funky. Um. Uh. You know, you're gonna you're gonna find it a little easier if you're a design agency. Then I, I think uh, yeah, there's things you're gonna have to work around if you're using Max in an accounting firm and possibly people will hate you for this Nick yeah. there will be some passionate yeah. people that will be fired know. up with you I know. and you, you can be fired up but you know if you, you sit there and use a Mac there's every now and then there's things you need to work for by accident you'll send someone a pages file and they won't be able to read it or uh, yeah or I went there you're trying to use you're trying to use teams and it, it doesn't quite do what you want it to do or you're trying to watch a uh, I won't use Zoom but you're trying to watch a WebEx that you know the CA association is doing and it just won't work on your Mac or somebody sends you a file and it won't open or somebody gives you a USB drive and it's NTFS and you can't write back to it and yeah I could go on with the, the various little things although it's cool the other thing you're going to get is you're going to get students who you bring into your business who don't know how to use them um, because when you're learning how to do this stuff in uni, you know, you, most of the stuff you do is going to be in you know, working on the PC. You're also going to find when a customer walks in with an MYOB data file, um, which, which they might, um, it won't work because you're using a different version of MYOB. So, yeah, you can do it, but you have to, you have to do There's some compromises. Mm, yeah. Okay, so now let's go to the Surface, which is my favorite, the Microsoft products, and I will hang it out. I've had them for since the Surface 3. I think I'm only up to a 5 or something, a 4 or 5. I actually have, I don't know, a 5 or 6. I don't know, I actually know the number, but I absolutely love it. I love the, um, the way it just works for me, and I think that's why people go to Macs, because they just work. Yeah. Um, it's easy, it's light, it's easy for me to transport when I'm going from office to office to office. Um, you know, it, I just like it. It's probably a little bit more expensive than a, uh, you know, HP notebook or something like that. But, um, you know, I just like them. Yeah, and there's, there's trade-offs for certain things. I think Microsoft do a really good job with their hardware. Um, you know, they've, they've been doing it for a few years now. They've got really, really good at it. And I think initially we all thought they were going to build the hardware to shake up the other PC manufacturers and make them build mm -hmm. cool stuff. You know, there's things you find comparable will be things like the um, Lenovo Yoga or the Dell XPS range. They're really, they're similar, similar tech, right? The, the Ultrabook or, you know, tablet convertible. There's, there's manufacturers out there that do them. And I think you'd be happy with, with each of them because there's some good standards now. Years ago, there weren't. Um, but you'll also find organizations which will buy you the clunky old hp and there's just some not such a good experience so i you know what what you should do if you're a business user is really go to you know go and have a browse in somewhere like jb hi-fi etc to find a form factor that you're happy with and the form Define factor, form factor. So, yeah, uh, do yeah. I want a tablet with a removable keyboard? Do I want a clamshell laptop? Do Do I want something that flips over the, the Lenovo Yoga? What What form factor do I want? And then go and see an IT reseller and say, I want a business grade one of these. Now, the surfaces all are they're business grade hardware. 
um, but um, a lot of manufacturers do consumer grade and business grade hardware and consumer grades different to business grade business grade lasts longer it's got better warranty they'll come and fix it when it's broken um, you, you're going to struggle to do that through some of the other retailers so so make sure you're do, making a business decision about what you buy but allow your users to go and choose their form factor so you like the surface the removable keyboard i quite i quite like that as well i have one of those um i have a teeny tiny laptop my current one is a clamshell um surface laptop three you know there's lots of different options so and what about having everybody in the office having the same laptop no, i don't care um <laughs> you know it's it, it, yeah i'd have everybody in the office running the same version of windows um, uh, that's fair enough. And that's yeah. where your support lies. But yeah, unless unless you're going to buy a spare one, and if one breaks, give it to the users. And then why does it have to be the same one? You know, a laptop is a laptop is a laptop is a device now. You know, they you know they've got an on off button, a power button, some expansion ports, and a keyboard that looks the same. There's no real feature differences anymore. No, no. And remember, um, do you remember when I used to get up on stage at zero conferences and I'd talk, talk to the room and I'd say the person who uses the le- the PC the least would always have the biggest one, oh, yeah. i.e. the partner of the accounting firm, and he'd have the latest and greatest and he'd hand the uh, the PC down to the, the graduate who's come in who's probably more advanced on a computer and look at this piece of junk <laughs> that was handed down to him and go, you're kidding me, I'm going to work on that. Um the, I, you know, that was a very common, and I think that's changing a bit now because the um, PCs are becoming more cost-effective. But, um, you know, it is something to, to to really make sure, exactly what you said, let someone design, let them choose what they want to use rather than forcing it onto them. Yep. So I, I think, yeah, I, I agree. Now, we've got all the way to PC, and I think we haven't discussed um, um, your mobile communications device, and I think we haven't discussed your headset. I think we should do that next week. Next week. All right, cool. Let's make sure we don't forget what we were going to talk about next week. I wrote wrote it in my little (laughs) list. I wrote it in my list. That is going to be a really hot topic because, um, yeah, I'm a bit – I get a bit – fired up on that one all right well let's let's go to your your mobile devices next week but i think that that kind of covers us off for today yeah excellent thanks nick interesting thank you that was a very good one i think that um i'd have to go up there as one of the best ones we have best Uh, topics we've had let's see how many likes we get from our 630 subscribers now yeah. Uh, right. so, so do do make sure if you're listening to this, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get updates when we ship a new one. We record these every Wednesday, um, and also give us a like. Giving us a, giving us us a like makes us record more content like this. And if you don't like it, leave a comment so we know what you will like. Um, so that's it, Trevor. Have a fantastic day. Reminds me of my, what my dad used to say when we were in the pub, and we'd someone would leave. He say, "If you've had a great day, tell everybody else about it. If you didn't like what we talked about, come and talk to us." Yeah, <laughs> or tell no one. Right? <laughs> you, you, you have a, right. you have a good day, Trev. Thank you so much. See you. Yeah. Bye.